Hi, this is Karina Gantis, host of Behind the Pen. You're listening to the audio podcast. Enjoy. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Pen and the NADPOD promo special. We're on day three today. I am your host, Karina Gantis. I'm an award-winning author with 14 fiction books. I'm an award-winning filmmaker. I'm a podcaster, YouTuber, booktuber. I host the Author Assist Show on the radio on the radio um, artist first radio network and i'm also run author assist which helps authors with everything from brainstorming an idea through to marketing and promoting their final product and i could go on and on and on but i will not because my guest has probably more accolades than i do welcome to the show mike jackson boss yeah thank you for having me <laughs> it's been a pleasure i've known you um for for a while now but with this is the first time we've had a one-on-one So I'm hoping to learn all about you. I'm going to start with the usual question I ask my guests, and that is, what do you use your pen for? Oh, I use my pen for uh, a number of things. Um, I will say that for a long time, I used my pen to uh, to grade papers, and I'm still doing that to some degree. Um, but the probably more important one these days is I'm I'm writing novels. Um, I also write short stories, but I write science fiction novels. Um, I'm currently partnered with uh, with Chris Kennedy Publishing for publishing. Uh, so you know they're they're taking on my series, This Fine Crew, um, very Star Trek inspired space opera, and I'm working on a series of other projects um, behind the scenes as well. And then along with that, a number of short stories. So those are going to be the big ones that I'll probably talk about. Other things that I use my pen for, uh, well, we'd go back down the teaching rabbit hole, and that could take a while. Well, I will. We will talk a little <laughs> tiny bit about that. You know. This is your full-time job. I mean, you're a full-time author, but you're also a full-time teacher, or you were, and you've come down your hours, maybe? Yeah, so I I, I was a full-time teacher um, up through the 2018-2019 uh, school year, and in June of 2019, I started making that shift. Um, but for a bit, I was doing the full-time teaching, full-time writing thing. These days, I, I'm trying to position myself as a full-time author, um, but I am still teaching. I'm I'm still teaching and tutoring, but that's minimized. So this year I am uh, I'm doing part time uh, online private school teaching only, and and and, uh, and private one on one tutoring, um, and then also some workshops for adults. So like it's it's definitely morphed in a different direction. It's also much more focused on teaching writing and teaching fiction writing in particular, which is always fun. And it's it's, it's more f- like you say fun, but it's um, because you're not working for an establishment you are your own boss um it's uh you choose who you want as a, a student uh, you get to choose how you're going to do this um curriculum and not a set one like you were doing was it a school that you used to work at oh yes yeah, so i was in a i was in in-person public schools um and and uh you know an in-person private international for a bit um so we're totaling like uh seven years prior to starting to make that shift. And then I was substitute teaching and taking on long-term gigs. Um, ironically enough, this year, the the online um, private school teaching that I'm doing is with more of a set curriculum, but, but that's also okay because, you know, if, if I'm teaching the set curriculum of the building blocks of fiction writing, and then the other one that I do is high school vocabulary and composition, there's still a lot of uh, examples where I can kind of pull from whatever I want. 
um, whatever makes sense and, and make it your own, but still yeah. following that set. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I'm, we haven't said it, but it's obvious now that you are a teacher of uh, English and composition yeah. and uh, literary um, writing and all that. That's what you've been doing all those years. Not for all of them here. I'm, I'm going to confusing things just a little bit. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm a teacher, and the big umbrella sense, the number of things that I'm licensed in and have taught has grown in odd ways. And actually, three of the years that I was teaching full time, I was teaching math. Um, so yeah, I got a. <laughs> um, my first uh, my first tutoring experiences were in AP calculus because I was 16. I had finished the math, and other people wanted to pay for it, and so. Wow. Yay. That was an opportunity and and I kept on tutoring it and then continued that into like the standardized test prep the uh, the SAT and the ACT and then at one point when I was switching districts um I ended up in a situation long story short there they pulled me into to teach their calculus classes uh because they're like hey we know you know how to teach this and I'm like I don't have a license and they're like that's okay we're gonna figure out how to make that work for you so <laughs> Yes, they moved me into uh, into calculus teaching position, and in doing so, I ended up having enough on paper experience with a supervisor to be able to test in and get the license added. So yeah, wow. so my, my, my teaching cert and the number of licenses tacked on um, has has grown into uh, I don't know it, it's it's a larger and more confusing thing than I expected to be. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm I... I'm doing what I, everything I can to put it aside as soon as possible while really? I uh, while I continue to build my author career. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, being uh, forgetting the maths now, ooh, um, being a teacher <laughs> of uh, um, uh, English, I mean, being an going then into writing your own short stories and, and novels, it's just the perfect path to take uh, once you've had enough of, uh, of teaching. Um, but um, let's start off with, I mean, you must have been creative in your younger years then back from not even teens even younger than that um making up stories in your head and uh maybe poetry starting with some poetry at school maybe short stories yeah um a very big yes and as a as an answer to all of it um so i I did have the, you know, the I want to be a writer when I grow up conversation when I was six and then was followed up, you know, from a very practical parent saying, All right, you can't do that as a job. What are you going to do as a real job? And that's, you know, that's, sometimes you get that at age six and that's one of those things that sticks. But oh, well, um, I, yeah, I, I have three brothers and uh, and 48 first cousins, um, all pretty close in age. And I was the organizer. Um, and I, I discovered that I really didn't care what medium I was telling stories in as long as there was an opportunity to tell stories. So if I could tell a story and get, you know, all of the brothers and cousins to get together as an interactive game of it, then that was great. I was into it. Um, and, you know, I, I tried to get friends together to write and draw comic strips uh, in elementary school. Um, I did write poems and and songs and I would I would take song lyrics that I would hear and I would make mini parodies of them. Uh, to the extent that we actually had a household rule, um, we we had a we had a number of like little specific to us brothers rules, and one of them was that we couldn't put each other's names in songs, and that one was directed at me <laughs> because I would find ways to, without interrupting the cadence and with keeping good rhyme, uh, putting my brothers' names into songs. I I still do write uh, poetry and song lyrics, and it's one of the things that I do when I'm world building. A lot of it never makes it into the final cut of the novels, but 
but it's part of my process still. So yeah. Oh, that's, so, I've never so, yeah. come across that before. <laughs> that's, that's a new one for me. Um, so when you say that you you write songs and poetry to get into the world building of your, say, uh, science fiction, it's not fantasy, it's science fiction, you write. Um, so, so the poem and the songwriting comes first, or you have the idea of the world and then you write a poem or a song to do with that and I mean how does this work because this is the first time yeah. I've come across this <laughs> so I've, I've I've done it in several different orders sometimes like I will have uh, a phrase usually some kind of a pun that has a rhyme to it something that seems a little bit pithy in my head that starts and I I explore that and then I'll write a a, a song or a poem and that will help me think about a, a setting or a character in which somebody would listen to this or would have actually written this and and I build it from there more often these days, I have an idea of the world that I'm working in, and I I like the idea of, of every world that I'm in having some kind of art or poetry or music or something that is very specific to that world, so that's not necessarily coming from our world and just being an analog to it. Um, so I, I will write songs that I think the characters would like and listen to. And it's a it's an odd process, but it's something that really works for me and helps me to sing into them. Um, and there are quite a few that I have never shared with anyone other than I think my wife and even then it might just be because she's overheard them um so, <laughs> you, sing, uh, do you sing them out loud I do yes I I I, I, I sing through a lot of things too um <laughs> but yeah and uh one of the characters in the this fine crew series um I I write a lot of mini poems for her and it's uh it's just it's how she processes certain things that she runs into if anything is is too different or fascinating uh, for her particular alien brain. This is a this is an alien character in a space opera series. Um, she will write it out as a poem and let herself Love be fascinated it. by it, even if it's completely horrific. And some of those make it into the novel, and some of those I pull because they're too self indulgent mm. or they're weirdly too personal. And it's like, nope, this is too intimate of a side of the character. This character wouldn't share it with the rest of y'all. So. <laughs> I I love that. I love that process, and and to uh, add sometimes into your novel it it uh, reminds me of uh, Tolkien all of the poetry and the mm -hmm. songs that he used in his books which yeah. I skipped every time I read because That's I like fair. I like to keep to the story <laughs> you know not to I mean the films were beautiful when they added the music and the singing yeah. um, like with The Hobbit that, that was just uh, superb I just didn't like it in the book because something yeah. was happening major and all of a sudden they break out in poetry or song <laughs> and I'm like no Oh, no so skip that yeah. get back that, to that the... one did strike me as strange in lord of the rings in the hobbit i think it worked better for me mm. but the so the two source materials that i i went to as a kid often for like incorporated music um were winnie the pooh and calvin and Hobbes. um and and i love those two and i've and I read through them many many times as an adult as well so this is not a this is not a, you know just pop of inspiration when i was a little kid and then then forever forgotten this was like revisited as a teen and it's like no this is still awesome i still love this and then revisited as an adult and as a teacher and i'm like this is still awesome i still love this uh and and yeah and the, those were those were instances where these songs and the poems they they felt very right for the character they felt very right for the moment in the world um, and I just, I, I appreciated the heck out of that. You, you're playing around, you're doing your acting, you're making poems with your brothers <laughs> and everything. When, yeah. 
was your first piece ever published and what was it? Um, the first pieces that I had published were in nonfiction and academia and I was ghostwriting. The first uh, the first fiction piece that I published, I can actually pull that. Um, <laughs> so it was in this volume. So I had a so I had a short story published in Dragon Riders and Anthology. Um, this is a word fire press antho. Uh, and the opener is Brandon Sanderson, closer is David Farland, uh, recently passed. And it also has Jody Lynn Nye, Todd McCaffrey. Um, wow. And, and it was also the first time that I'd ever submitted a short story for publication. Wow. I'd, I'd sort of refrained for a very long time to do That's anything like that. awesome, and, Mike. And then that it was, is... uh, yeah, it was 2016. I got a, I, I was invited to submit, not, not invited, like included in the antho, but like, somebody that I met at a convention, um, Aaron Michael Ritchie, who, you know, was at the time one of the writers who worked with Wordfire Press. Uh, yeah, he, you know, we, we chatted for a bit. I told him that I was working on some things and I was hoping to eventually one day, possibly, when I had time as a teacher and enough stuff under my belt, start publishing. Um, and... <laughs> uh, yeah, and and he was like, well, here's here's this group, here's this educational series that we go through, and also we do yearly anthologies. You should submit to this. And I'm like, I don't know if I'll have anything. He's like, it's short. You can write it. You can submit it. I'm like, cool. All right, I'll do that. So I did, fully accepting it, expecting it to be, uh, be rejected. Rejected. And and then it was included. And and that was uh, that was a very that was a very cool start. So that was you know, I was like smack dab in the middle of the school year, and I was buried by other things. But I was like, oh. Well, now I have a story out. Now I am a I am a published fiction author in that a isn't that that's amazing. Nice. <laughs> yeah, isn't that an, an amazing yeah. title to have? That feeling yeah. that you finally have something published and you can yeah. call yourself a published writer, author. Yeah. So, what was yeah. this short story about? Uh, so the short story is called Black Tide's Last Ride. It's a uh, it's it's in a story uh, it's in a collection that is all about dragons. You know, all of the stories have to have some kind of a, a direct dragon depiction um and i figured everyone else was going to go fantasy so i wrote science fiction i wrote about uh, biomechanical avatars oh wow deep space vessels oh that um, i can see why they would have uh, grabbed so, that one yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a very different it was a very different take and it was uh and it was about a pilot who has been mentally linked to this dragon for longer than people think is safe because pilots tend to burn out uh when they are interfacing with these these giant uh avatars um, and it's the process of that pilot being grounded and, and basically being told that she's being separated from her dragon because she is too valuable to the company that she works for to burn out and be killed, um, you know, by the, by the link and they want her to teach at the academy for, for continuing students. So it's actually kind of about the process of her being taken away from that role. How um, did you manage to do that as a short story? Because that sounds like something coming from the middle of a novel. That's fair. And the editor, uh, the and the editor who purchased it said that she wanted to know when I when I had the full novel for the piece. And I was like, I don't know if I plan on it. I just like I just liked this moment. This was a <laughs> I had a vignette in mind and that I built on the vignette to make a short story. Um, but I don't know. It felt like it felt like a very specific moment to have somebody who uh, has really built up this this aspect of, of their life and identity and like you know personal pride around it I might also need to pause and move the bird I keep hearing her go off so um <laughs> no problem. and uh, yeah <laughs> um and I wanted to focus on that that feeling of loss and the, and the choice thereafter so it ended up being a short story around that moment uh just within this kind of larger than life universe and and uh, and 
an opportunity to pilot a dragon, which seems really cool to me. And I know that when once you have that first piece published, I mean, I never cashed my check. I, it's still framed in my <laughs> office. Um, it's an incentive. It makes you um, give yourself so much confidence. I've done it yeah. once. I can do it again. So what yep. did you do next? Yeah, well, I mean that that is the theory at least. Uh well, I tried to I tried to write a few more short stories and then send them out hoping that I could get some things published and I started working on um on a couple of novels because a lot of people were saying like hey, if you want to publish a novel unless you really really catch the right place, right time, right agent, right publishing deal, right moment in the market, you need to have a handful of books to be able to put out there. Um, otherwise, you're not going to make anything off of just writing one book and putting that out. Okay, so that was the then. Let's go to yeah. the now. Moving on, how many years? We don't talk about that. Um, how many books have you got published now and how many anthologies have you been a part of? All right, so um, I have the four novels published uh, through the This Fine Crew series and I've got another two on the way in that series um and then i'm also working in the four horsemen universe and mm. putting a novel out there hopefully in the next i don't know like within the next six months i'll say um because that's most likely there uh the anthologies Too i would many. have to look at the list um <laughs> i would have to look at the list so i've had uh i've 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 sold uh 24 short stories wow um yeah, including the Dragon Riders one. So, so twenty three after that. Um, and actually, almost all of them in the last three years. So, ah. with yeah, so twenty two stories in the last three years. That's amazing. Um, are, are they and all science fiction, or you try different genres? Some of them are. Uh, some of them are lean more fantasy. I've been told that even my fantasy reads science fiction. Um, and and that's uh, you know, and I I. I don't really mind that. Like, I'm not going to quibble on it. Um, Sci fan, we call yeah. that. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, so you know, I I have a an urban fantasy story that was published in a in Street Magic from Camden Park, um, and and the story is very much a kind of a rip off of the Dresden Files or Iron Druid style approach. <laughs> um, but in particular, it's about a digimancer. It's about somebody who uh, will use magic to fix computers. Um, that was inspired by the idea of like, you know, you go into a computer repair, repair kiosk and they're like, oh, yeah, I just turned it off and on again and fixed it. And I'm like, no, you didn't. There's some magic happening behind the scenes there. Um, and so that one, the the way that the character like did the investigation and the trial and error, it, it read as very scientific method. So I, I would I would not quibble. Yeah. Yeah. What is it about that genre, though, Mike? What is it you love so much about science fiction? I love the investigation process. I love that somebody can see something that that's a strange phenomenon. It seems anomalous, and we're going to try to poke it with a stick until we can figure out what it does and why. Hot science. Um, yeah, I I mean I think a lot of this is is like those childhood dreams that you have. Whenever you see something and you're a little kid and you don't have an explanation for it, you start to tease out ideas and you want to go investigate those ideas. Um, and until somebody tells you what the real reason is, until somebody tells you not to touch it, there's all of that, like that intrigue and mystery and wonder to it. So you get the wonder aspect that I think a lot of people fall from fantasy 
but you turn it into an investigation process. Um, and so that's something that I really love. Like I, I'm, I'm very much a, a Star Trek fan. Um, I do have a comm badge tattoo on my chest. I'm, I'm also a Star Wars person. I have the uh, ta tattoo st for Star Wars up here as well. So yes, and again, um, <laughs> but I, I love those moments in science fiction when they've tried out a couple of methods that haven't worked, but each method that hasn't worked gives them a little bit more information. Um, so so yeah, there there might be a little bit of mystery in my science fiction as well, uh, just because like you know people are investigating, trying to figure out whatever problem they're dealing with. But you, I, just, I love that process of discovery. I mean, you've said that you're a tricky. Um, yep. There are so many uh, science fiction films and and programs that have been on over the last many years. Um, what about books? I mean, was it the science fiction a novelist that uh, got you into wanting to write your own? Or was it uh, the films and TV programs? Yeah, it definitely started with the, uh, well, maybe I shouldn't say definitely. I think that it started with, with Star Wars and Star Trek when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do remember through elementary school, I read uh, every copy of the Animorphs books that I could get my hands on. So that was, that was one that started <laughs> a lot of that thought process and that what if for me. Um, one of the first like full length, I'm going to say adult, and I'm going to put it in air quotes, uh, novels that I read was from Kevin J. Anderson that was uh, was Jedi Search. Um, and that's still more in the space fantasy, but I like that process. Uh, the ones that I remember really hitting hard as like, this is something that I want to do, um, were Orphans of the Sky um, by Robert Heinlein. It was my first uh, experience with the Heinlein novel, and it's still wonderful. And it's the one that I will uh, I will recommend to people who want to check him out, see if they would be interested in the Heinlein approach to things. Because uh, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, read Stranger in a Strange Land. I'm like, that good book, but not an but... introduction to this author. <laughs> not an introduction to this author, and not necessarily a, a good way to you know to tip, dip your toe into science fiction um and uh and then the other one would be hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy oh wow and, and i read hitchhiker uh in middle school and and there was something about the the douglas adams approach of just like this is fun i'm going to insert these jokes some of them are self-indulgent i don't care uh i'm going to be able to explore things that feel like science fiction and they're also going to be a backdrop to everything that I feel like writing about and referencing and even you know a poet that I want to insult uh backhandedly on the page like and I and I love that and and, and so having having grown up on like a series of different literary influences that didn't necessarily mesh together uh seeing them in Hitchhiker in a way that really seemed to nest all into one piece I was like oh well he's having fun with that. I, I I could have fun with that um yeah so, so, so more of a this is doable. <laughs> yeah, that's so. We've done the past, we've done the present, so mm -hmm. we're now on to the future. What's in store for Mike? I mean, what's coming up? You said you're working on two new books at the moment to go mm -hmm. with the series. What else mm -hmm. is have you got planned? Oh, I mean, uh, some of it depends on like what's the next opportunity that pops up. And actually, one thing that I will have to. I'll have to put in a plug for so long as we're on the future topic. Um, Writers of the Future, Volume 38. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. So yeah. So the the Writers of the Future, um, winning that award was was a another kind of catapult forward. Um, so between that win being announced and now has been the strongest surge in wow. not just things that I've sold, but also just putting in the the time into, into the writing. So like the output that's happened since then Incentive. has been pretty huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And then the other one that'll pop up because this one is just out for a few for a few days. Like this came out a few days ago. The Impossible uh, the Moon. The Impossible Moon, book four of this fine crew. Um, so in the nearish future, I'm uh, going to be working on and and putting out books five and six of this fine crew. It is very episodic. So it's one of those series where you know, if six is the last book and that's kind of all that we get cleared for and that's all that uh, that the audience is reading for, that's fine. That is a that is a reasonable end point. So it's not going to be the kind of thing where people feel like they're waiting for the next next book forever. Would you, would you think um, it's, it's like, uh, just from the title, I can see it being like um, uh, US Enterprise, Star Trek series. A little bit, yeah. Something happening different with the same crew in yep. every book, something new happening with the yeah. crew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it continues to build on, on, you know, whatever kind of themes or discoveries from the previous books, but I am purposefully doing four five and six, each is more of a standalone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that if any of them happens to, you know, go big, uh, people can use that as an entry point and then thereafter decide to go back and, and read the others one through three or more of a trilogy. Those ones, I, I definitely feel more, uh, that's a, yeah that's a really good yeah. idea because uh, when you have a series and you're, you're trying to find new readers you've just bought book five out and they're yep. how are you going to get new readers book five yeah. how are you going to get I'm sales of book sure five that, with new yeah. readers but <laughs> yes making it a standalone is, a, is the ideal yeah. way to go that's the hope at least we'll, we'll see how it goes i mean it's 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 only this one's only been out for a few days and so we'll find out where uh, can people find that book and all your other work yeah um so via amazon is going to be the best way um and i know it's one of those things that a lot of people don't like it is the big beast and it's the big beast that my publisher <laughs> works with and so that's yeah. uh you know that that's where we are um so via amazon uh or if you want to like you know find me at conventions and things like that then i can i can sell directly from my stock um and uh and sometimes there are other book deals that pop up. So the first novel in the series is part of a sci-fi bundle right now that is not on Amazon. Um, so yeah, and I can I can also send you the link for that one, uh, so you can post it along with. You all over social media. You you're on all the platforms. People can find you everywhere. I wouldn't say all of them. Name. I have not yet. Uh, I have not yet taken the step through the door of TikTok. Um, I mean, I, I've heard I've heard some good things about it. And I've heard some horror stories and. I'm just going to wait uh, for the moment. Yeah, but I've, I'm on a, I'm on Facebook um, and Twitter primarily for social media platforms. And then I have my website. Down and, is this uh, name here, Twitter. yeah? Everyone can oh, yeah. find so you. Facebook, Mike Jack Stumbos. Um, and on Twitter, that one's actually MJ Stumbos. That one is is not the uh, is not the full Mike Jack. Um, yeah. Website? Website, MikeJackStumbos.com. Wonderful. I will have all of those written under the description of the podcast. It's been uh, great getting to know you and and to chat about uh, your talent. You're (laughs) amazingly talented. um, And I love that you're you're teaching others how to uh, do the same thing, how to write, how to get published. Uh, What I'm doing is helping wannabe authors or helping authors just move on to that next step right and it, and it feels good when you do that i i understand that because we do the I same agree, thing yeah. but um being a, a multitasking another thing that both of us do um uh, is not an easy <laughs> not an easy thing to do but it's it putting not. things in priority of what 
what's more important and getting it all done and having that to-do list and ticking it all off. So I admire you so much, Mike. I think you're Thank wonderful. You. I think it's amazing what you do. I wish you all the best with the, your new book. Um, we're going to get this out to as far as we can to as many new readers and possible um, fans of uh, yours to come. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. It's been yeah, a pleasure. All right, thank you. Karina Cantus is the host of the fun and entertaining podcast Behind the Pen. Her guests are anyone who uses a pen for work. She's had New York Times best-selling authors to debut novelist film stars to mediums and psychics, rock bands from India and famous journalists. And the best part of the show is that it's unscripted, so even Karina doesn't know anything about her guest. And as they chat and have a laugh, you soon learn who is behind the pen. Available on all good podcast platforms such as Spotify and iTunes.